Get the skinny on Cincinnati sports with Richard Skinner only on Local12.com and the Local12 News app. Exclusive content, in-depth analysis, podcasts, and more. Cincinnati sports news 24-7. Get the skinny only on Local12.com and the Local12 News app. Welcome in to the Angry Quarterbacks Podcast. It's Season 5, Episode 7, and I'm Richard Skinner from Local 12 and Local12.com with the real quarterback, Tony Pike, from Reading High School, UC, and Carolina Panthers fame, and James Rapine from SI.com. He is pulling an A.J. Green. We're going to try to read his lips from, from afar over an yeah. audio medium as we broadcast live from the Zach Taylor Shouldn't Call Plays Anymore studio as we talk some NFL James will be with us for that segment. We'll talk some college football. Tony and I will touch on a little bit of high school football where the playoffs got underway in Ohio this past week. Kentucky and Indiana still in the regular season, although Indiana heading towards its final week of regular season action. But we start first and foremost with the NFL and the Bengals. And um, before we get into some of the details of this game, let, let's start first and foremost with what became the story of yesterday. That was wide receiver uh, A.J. Green, who uh, left the game supposedly with a hamstring injury. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which point I asked Zach Taylor when he found that out, and I got a hem and haw answer of, uh, I don't know, halftime, maybe third quarter, which yeah. sounds like to me he wasn't all the way in the loop with that, probably doesn't deep down believe that. Obviously, there's been a viral video that is circulated, which we all tried to play amateur lip reader. It appears that he says, if you don't use me, just trade me. Don't know that for a fact. Um, I know the question was asked if Zach could talk to AJ during the game, if anything was said to him. This was not said to to Zach Taylor. It was said to an assistant coach, uh, assistant wide receivers coach, Troy Walters, on the bench. Maybe we'll find out some more clarification today when Zach Taylor has another press conference and maybe we get a chance to talk to AJ Green. Um, but uh, it, it, it's not a good look. And James, let's let's start there. I know you wrote a story for it on SI.com. I included it in my fifth quarter analysis, and my, my headline of one of my three takeaways was, is A.J. Green really hurt or did he tap out? And it sure liked A, he tapped out, and B, he felt what he said and what it looked like he said, which was, if you're not going to use me, just trade me. Let's start there, James. Your thoughts? I certainly think he feels that way, right? And... and... Look, we can go back and forth on what A.J. Green should be or shouldn't be, but in his mind, he still thinks he can make an impact, right? So if that's the case, in his mind, then of course, after being targeted five times last week, one catch uh, this week, you know, one target, no catches, three yards over two weeks, he's frustrated. And yeah, I don't know if he's hurt or not. Heck, I... I kind of think he's been dealing with that hamstring maybe all season and he's trying to hide it to show that he can play through it. I don't know because he, he certainly doesn't look like the same player. But I, I think the, the one thing we can say regardless of what was said in that video, whether we're you know right about the lip reading or not, is A.J. Green's frustrated. And he's bothered now you know, because he isn't making an impact that he expected to make in this offense. And I, I kind of look at it. And you do wonder a little bit about this coaching staff in a, a broader view because Carlos Dunlap, you had that situation last week. Now you have A.J. Green clearly frustrated on the sidelines now. And it's not like, you know, he can say just trade me. What's his trade value? I think this, it's really up to the coaching right. staff to make this work for the final 11 games of this season and, and try to get something out of A.J. Green because I'm not sure anyone's going to want to trade for him. It, it felt to me like the bottoming out. Uh, and, and James mentions the 
Carlos Dunlap situation. I don't. I didn't disagree with the move. I disagree with I don't how think it was handled. We, we, we talked about that. Right. I remember the studio one. We got called at the Carlos Dunlap yeah. as a ghost studio because he's not shown up. Yeah. But if it was handled the way Carlos perceived it to be handled and said it was handled, and James, you were on the conference call that we had as writers with, with Zach Taylor on Friday. It was just a phone call. He didn't want to dive yeah. into that at all. He wanted no part of answering how the communication went down. Makes you look like, Tony, you're starting to lose the locker room a little bit. Well, you start to lose the locker room. And now the A.J. Green thing is interesting to me because up until yesterday, A.J. had been very positive going forward, talking about, I'm going to get back, I'll be fine. And then it culminates yesterday. We go from a game where he's targeted five times to just the one target, which was (laughs) a fall-away prayer with pressure in his face. So there's one of two things here. A.J. Green either can't get open or A.J. Green schematically – is not being used. Isn't being used in the way that he should be. And and he's sitting back and saying, I'm watching other receivers across the NFL get open. Why can I not get open here? So it almost feels like maybe a blend of both for A.J. Green of, you know what? I'm not the guy I was, but I should be able to be used scheme-wise more so than what I'm doing. Because right now he's a glorified decoy in an offense where he's making $18 million. I just think it's the boiling point right now of, but, but this is this was kind of the crux of our argument last week where you and I ganged up on James and James yeah. took his point which was I think he was he looks done to me he looked done before yesterday to me I know James you didn't think so but yeah that's the part to me is honestly maybe he is done and maybe the coaching staff kicked the tires on it realized oh boy we're just not getting out of him and and we'll give him one more crack at this and it's just not working and his frustration is Guys, I can still do this if you'll help me. And and right. so I, I don't know who's right, James. Um, help me if you think that, that one side's right over the other, or is there, there no right? Do we still not know? I don't think we know. But who would you rather side with in, in, in this? And I don't know if there's a right answer, but I'll give you my answer. Would you rather side with Zach Taylor, who has, what, three wins? You do the math on the record. He's 2-14 and 14 last year, 1-3-1 three, three, this year. 3-17-1. Three, Three seventeen and one as a head coach. Do, do you want to bank on him because he, he certainly hasn't looked like an offensive genius this year with Joe Burrow. Didn't look like it last year, and and so that or AJ Green's track record. Like I, I'm not denying. I, I don't think AJ Green is the same guy, but can he still be something? I say yes. So if I have to pick sides, I would pick Green. Yeah, and I I get that. Um, and and I certainly think that you're probably putting it in the safe side of things. I just. I'm just going on, Father Time catches people at different times of life. I mean, it does. You look at some people, you're like, that guy's 50. And you look at some other people, you go, that guy's 50. I mean, there's just, people age, yeah. your body ages differently um, and, and physically. And so I, I see a 32-year-old wide receiver with multiple leg, foot, ankle injuries over the last two years, and it's just caught him. Yeah, and I, I'm, 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 I'm in the same boat that he's not the same guy, but I feel like he can be utilized still in a certain way. I mean, can he, though? There, and that's the part I don't a, know, and I I think James's point's a fair one because I don't think it. I, I want to side with Zach Taylor on this based I mean, on his track record here, but at the same time, I'm just I'm just watching this cat physically, and I go. Nah, I mean, there's the got to be a way where you you know you motion in towards the line, and the defense backs up a little bit, and you can catch a, a hitch route over right, the middle, I, yeah. or a stick route, or something like that. I mean, you go back to to just this week, and and Mo talked about this on his show this week. Zach Taylor's introductory press conference. Communication and character, right? Yeah. Those are the two things yep. that this was going to be built on. Yep. And that took a hit with the Carlos Dunlap stuff, a guy that's been a 11-year veteran of this team. And now, if this stuff from A.J. Green starts to boil a little bit, 
We've already discussed what in the world is going on with Geno Atkins this year. You start to wonder, are you losing some of those veteran presences in the locker room? And, and, and I thought it was awful interesting, James, uh, on the call, on the on the postgame Zoom with Zach, that he really quickly again jumped to, we're not pointing fingers, we're all in this together, um, you know, we still have high character. I'm tired of hearing that, to be Someone's quite going to start pointing the fingers. Yes, and I think someone is going to start pointing the fingers. Why? And where do you point the fingers? I mean, it's pretty obvious. Yeah, right. <laughs> to Clear. me, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, at, at some point, look, I'm tired of, and I, I ranted this morning to Tony about this. C- can we stop with the free rushers? You're supposed to be this offensive genius. C- can you somehow find a way to just eliminate that? That like the, the mental mistakes that this team has, and you, you're right, the, Tony. The communication issues. It's a thing now because AJ Green. Look, regardless of what he is. I think 45-year-old A.J. Green can still catch a slant every now and then. Yes. Like, like, you know, like this idea that all of a sudden he's just completely done. I mean, remember, and I'm not saying this is the same, but Cam Newton was done five months ago. People buried him, too, and and he signed a minimum deal with the Patriots. Like this idea that you can't get something out of A.J. Green, a good organization would, a good coaching staff would, especially with a quarterback – like Joe Burrow. So is he still going to go for 1,400 yards? Is he still that big play receiver? Maybe not. But are you telling me he's just completely washed? Because I don't buy that, and I get it, the injury history, and you can make that argument. But I just think he's too good, he's too smart of a player to just be completely done. And even so, it's not like he was involved yesterday at the, right. in the first half. It's not like he, gave, he was given a chance. Uh, one target, the target really doesn't count. No. I get it. He didn't right. try to... He didn't try to tackle Peters. That was a bad look. That, 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 that was a bad look, and that did look weird, no doubt about it. it. Looked but like yeah, he was leading. Yeah, the, it was a lead blocker. The one thing I will say is he had no chance to catch that pass, and I thought the explanation after the game was right that I don't even know if he the pass if he knew the pass was thrown yeah. his way. Burrow was throwing it hot. Yes. There was a free, uh, yes. To James's yeah. point, there was a free rusher. Yeah. But I mean, just just go back to camp though. The first day we saw AJ physically, he looked great. Like I mean, until, body wise, until he did. Well, yeah, and, until that, but. I mean, Lapham raved about him on, on times where we couldn't see what was going on. And I know that's, you know, routes versus air and, and things like that. But as of right now, you got a receiver that's, that's making a million, a million dollars over per catch right now on the season. Yeah, right. No, that's exactly I mean, it. That's, 14 that's, catches at 18 and a half crazy mil. to think that's about per, right now. Well, the, the thing I'm going to ask you guys here, oh, in fact, it's going to segue into what I'm going to ask you guys. Because it, I, I thought about this coming up thinking, is he going to end this year Averaging a million one hundred thousand yeah. dollars per catch. So I'm going to ask you: Have we seen AJ Green play his last snap with the Bengals? I think so. Um, as much as I don't want to to say that, because again, I, I I he's one of my favorite Bengals, and I still think he has something left in the tank. And I, I just because when he speaks truth to power, yeah. let's not forget after that that Houston debacle on the Thursday night a couple of years ago. What happened that very that that yeah. week? Ken Zampezi, he gone. gone. And so now AJ's saying, get me out of here. And so yeah. it's almost like dueling, dueling pistols at six paces. You either yeah. get him gone or I'm gone. Guys, if, you make the choice here. And if, if you're the Bengals, if you're not moving forward, then then that's it anyway. Right. Because you got to figure out what you have for Joe Burrow going into next year anyway. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's, it's frustrating because you didn't, you don't want to see something end like this. Uh, but but I agree. Yesterday he wasn't a part of the game plan. Say what you want about no, it. No right. Um, you would think a receiver struggling and trying to find his footing and and saying all the right things 
would be targeted early in the game on an easy type of completion. But again, to, to go back to the original point real quick on, on Zach Taylor, when you watch the offensive line, do you see guys pointing stuff out and talking to each other much? No. Do you see Joe Burrow talking to Trey Hopkins at the line of scrimmage a ton? No. So their communication is lacking. Free runners come, which lead to what? Throwing the ball up. Now A.J. Green looks bad when it probably was the offensive line in Joe Burrow anyway. Um, it makes the defense look bad because they have 20-second possessions. Right. Um, they can't block anyone on a four-man rush. Joe Burrow somehow, by the grace of God, makes it through this season healthy. Um I don't even know where you start with the whole Zach Taylor thing. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to work my way back to that. Yeah, it's but, just, but, but all of this being said, if you're A.J. Green and you're watching this, you're like, I'm out. Yeah. I'm done. J- James, have we seen him play his last snap as a Bengal? No. No, you, you haven't. Because, like I said, there's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to go now. They're, they're con- stuck. Con- because- conditional six to get rid of that money? Is someone giving a conditional six? In who? Um, Maybe. Would Cam Newton you know, like to have an A.J. Green and New kick England the tires was on that? The, New England was the one team that seemed a little interested, right? Yep. Like they needed that what? type of deep threat. Okay, now let's flip it. You, you understand who's still signing off on these deals. Mike Brown right. willing to part with A.J. Green for a conditional six. I, I think because, I, of, because of who, Zach Taylor? Well, no, I, I would say maybe Ooh. because of A.J. Green just saying, I, I can't deal with this. I'm not, I, I don't want to do this any longer. Get me out of here. And I do think Mike Brown respects A.J. Green enough to change his offensive coordinator in Ken Zampezi. And maybe in this case say, you know what, maybe this is best for all, all parties served. I'm going to do right by you and, and, and go ahead and try to deal you. I... I just, I, I just don't know where this goes. I mean, I, I, I don't think we're gonna. If he's hurt, I mean, if it was a hamstring that, that let him out, is he suddenly gonna magically come back and be ready to practice on right. Wednesday? Because if he did, does, then I think he loses some face in all of this. So I, yeah, I don't even know. If he, absolutely. I mean, it's a weird spot to be in for everybody. It is. It is. No, I, I agree. I just, it's Monday. I don't want to overreact to. That and, and, and clearly, here, here's the thing: if it was a really significant hamstring, he would have came out, you know, with ice around his hamstring, and you know, I didn't see any of that. Did you? Did you guys see him on crutches, or did you see him limping? Or I didn't, and and so I don't know how serious it is, and I don't know if it was. Man, there's just no way we're going to lose this game. I'm out, and, and maybe he did that. And again, then maybe you need to get that attitude out of there. I'm not sure. I just I know this though. When we're talking about A.J. Green, we have a decade-long track record, and I'm not even talking about on the field, off the field. What is he? What does he bring every day? How hard does he work? What attitude does he bring? Yeah, I don't. I, but, so, but, I, but I think that changed last year, and I think guys in the locker room saw it. Maybe, maybe. And, and but here's the thing: is did that did that change because of him? Did that change because of his contract? Did that change because of Zach Taylor? Why did that change? And why has it not changed? Because here's the thing. AJ actually entered this year, in my eyes, in a great position. $18 million coming off of a, a, an awful, you know, injury plague year where he didn't play a snap. And he gets a quarterback that could revitalize his career. Right, right. And, and he could, and then, he, you know, if he plays well with Burrow, he's going to get three or four more years of huge elite money. So I, I, I think that part of it, there was plenty of incentive there. And there was plenty of realistic, you know, the, the realist in it was like, all right, well, if he's healthy. He could be really productive, and 
obviously that hasn't happened. So I just I don't know how they part ways like this. And who knows? Maybe he does play this week, and maybe they do try to get him involved. That's the thing. Even if you wanted to trade him, why wouldn't you have tried to get him involved over the past couple of weeks a little bit? And Zach Taylor has dismissed that. We're not going to do that. Well, maybe you should. Because sometimes that that's important, you know, getting your, your top guys involved. A.J. Green, to me, has built up enough equity over his career in the Bengals that, again, it, it took a hit last year. But maybe he just didn't want to play with Ryan Finley. And who could blame him at that? But he's built up the equity to me. I think, I think he would be excited to play with Joe Burrow. And I think he, at some point, feels like he's being underutilized. And, again, it's Monday. It's speculation. But at the same time, is it coincidence that this Carlos Dunlap stuff happened last week? Is it coincidence that after that happened, A.J. Green is targeted one time? I mean, maybe there is an effort by this organization that may be coming above Zach Taylor that is making more of a youth push, right? I mean, that's what Carl Lawson represents. They, they that wanted would be, a quicker, more athletic guy yeah, in that specific game. That would game. be what yeah. T. Higgins represents, is, right? Right. So, again – Maybe this is above Zach Taylor. Maybe these are these are decisions. But we'll say this: when when you start to tinker like this, you run the risk of losing a locker room that stuck with you with two wins last year because you haven't built up any equity yourself. Correct. When you're when you're three seventeen, what do you have to to fall back on? All you keep talking about is a Jacksonville cu- is, win is culture and right. culture. And, well, right now I see three seventeen and one. That's a losing culture. Yes. That's what I see. Uh, Let's get to to some Zach Taylor schematically here. And, Tony, you played the position, and I tried to get Joe on this yesterday after the game. And Joe admitted some of the sacks were on him. And, and James, we all know that, that, listen, it's a bad visual for the offensive line when they're giving up seven sacks. But there were times Joe held the ball. And some of it to me was they're playing offense in such a phone booth that Joe's looking for a hot hot read. Not there. Looking for my second hot read. Not there. And by then, you can't hold out when you're blocking five on six or five on seven. At that point, it's too little, too late. And it goes back to you have no one to take the top off this defense. No one fears anybody going by them. And hence, it's a bad combination. It's a bad offensive line that then's getting blitzed, and your hot reads are taken away. And so schematically, this genius schematic coach is supposed to figure out a way around it and can't do it when you knew going in, James, what was going to happen. Absolutely, you did, and it's it's on Taylor in the play calling and Callahan, and, and not only that, it's on them because and people are going to rip me for this, but it's just the fact. You watched the offense last year when Ross got injured. AJ Green's been a shell of himself. Were you banking on T Higgins to stretch the field? No. Is is that the the field stretcher? Because if that's the answer Mike, is no. We Mike, saw Mike Thomas. Mike Thomas. Yeah, exactly. Zero <laughs> chance. He had ten catches coming into the year, and I like Mike. Thomas, I know, I and know. I like the signing. I don't like him as much as Zach Taylor, evidently. Because right. Guess what? The past couple of weeks, John Ross would have helped more than Mike Thomas. Mm-hmm. John Ross would have helped more than a lot of these guys because what do they say in really any sport? You can't teach speed. So I don't want to make it a Green or Ross debate like we had last week and that Twitter's had really since we ignited it. How about us starting a trend? <laughs> but but it, it, it's, it, it is very simple to me. If you can't scheme open these guys in a phone booth, which you're not going to be able to against elite corners right. in that elite secondary like Baltimore, you got to have speed. So I know he was sick this past week. I don't think he would have been active anyway, but I expect John Ross to, uh, to be active this week regardless of Green's health. And here's a take that, again, 
I'm going to stand by. He should be active for the remainder of the season regardless. Yeah, I, I'm trending towards getting him active because, I, I look, I, I'm with you. I, Mike Thomas is a cute little story, and, and God love him. He's making the most of his opportunities, and, and uh, you know. I, I, what do you mean, Skinny? He's got a, a rapport with Zach Taylor. I know that. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I need to see – See the the like I said before. I need to see the tires kicked on that guy yeah. one more time. I, uh, I I have to see it. Look, I'm confident now from watching his senior year at LSU and the start of his career that Joe Burrow makes pretty good decisions. I think he makes great decisions. The only one he didn't make was a guy in his face right. throwing one up and hoping. Therefore, and at that point you're you're trying to make stuff happen yes. anyway. Yes. If you're Joe Burrow, and you know a blitz is coming, and you're saying you're holding on to the ball too long, it's probably because there's no one open in the first place, and you're not trying to just throw one up for grabs. Okay. Let, let, I mean, let's walk through this for, for, Take for a people. Sack. You're, you're a quarterback. Yeah. Right? You played the position. You you Look, the, sometimes you can't figure out where all the blitzing is coming right. from, but you know, you, you, you so you've got a hot receiver on that, right? Mm-hmm. What happens when Marlon Humphrey's up in that guy's ass and right. he can't get off the line of scrimmage? Which is what we said last week. Right. If you're the Ravens, you watch the Bengals, take away the run, and we're going to be aggressive with the receivers at the line of scrimmage. Basically saying, this was Florida's game plan in the freaking Sugar Bowl. We're going to get to the quarterback before the receivers get open. Yes. That is what Baltimore did to a T. So, yes, maybe Joe Burrow held onto the ball, but I'd rather him hold onto the ball yeah, than throw I, an I, interception. And I'm not blaming. I'm just saying, I'm just trying to walk people because everybody always just yeah. points the finger at the offensive line and goes, it's their fault. Right. It is to some degree, but, but it's also the fact that he can't find somebody right. open in that short period of time. So, there's, so it, it's multiple things. One, no one's, no one's open. Two, um, there's no communication. And watching this yesterday, I don't see Trey Hopkins making many calls and talking. I don't see the, the, the tackles talking to the guards. I don't see Joe Burrow going up and, and saying something else to the line. I see him signaling to the receivers, obviously, which probably, hey, you're hot here. But there's no communication. And, and, and then you see I, free I, rushers. I, I see Drew Sample trying to yeah. block an elite end again. Right. That's like, always fun. That, that's part of your scheme. And then, But the, the frustrating thing is Joe Burrow mentioned during the week that we're preparing for blitz, right? Well, they, I mean, it's what they, they do, right? They, they talked on the broadcast yesterday that they, they went a day early this week to get blitz preparation. Yes, yes. So you knew what was coming, and that was your scheme. That was your answer, and no one could get open. So, again, I know that they don't have the top-end speed, but guess what? Not every team in the NFL has top-end speed, and you can still scheme ways around it. Baltimore, the whole first half, pinned their ears back. and just. I watched Andy Reid run 10 different screens. I watched one screen where Giovanni Bernard couldn't get out of the yeah, flat quick yes, enough. Yes. That's your only option? That's your only screen? Like, this was a Baltimore defense that tried to blitz Patrick Mahomes and got killed. And got torched. And you're sitting back watching, like, man, is Baltimore even good on defense? Are we overhyping them a little bit? Other teams have scored against Baltimore. And then I watched yesterday and I'm like, man, this, this looks like the best defense in the last 10 years in the NFL. So. What is the common denominator in that? Well, hate to say it to, to everyone that's still on that board, Zach Taylor is not an offensive guru. He's not finding ways to get guys open. And for a team, an organization that paid Joe Mixon, that gave him Joe Burrow, that drafted T. Higgins, that paid A.J. Green $18 million, they gave him weapons. They gave him more than other quarterbacks have had at different times. And they said, and you know what? And other coaches have had yes. different times, yes. And you know what? You know what? What we're giving you here, maybe you got a scheme-wise to help the offensive line. And we're here berating the offensive line. Zach Taylor's making the play calls. Yeah, no, Zach Taylor's not finding ways to get the ball out quick. 
to work side to side, to move the pocket, to run screens, to slow down a pass rush. He does none of that over the course of a game. And again, he is now 3-17-1. 322 and one going back yes. to UC days. We focus in on this, right, Skinny? We, we, we focus in on one, three, and one, right? Yep. Because last year was a free pass. Yep. Go, go re dig back into some of those games. I know. And, and see if the offensive ingenuity and, and the offensive genius was there because we just we, we let it slide last year. So, what's the answer, James, in the short term to fix that? Zach needs to show what he could do. He needs to show that he deserves the job next year. I mean, that's the thing is, as of right now, coming into this year, I'll give you guys, my expectations weren't really a win total. No, I'm, I'm with was, you. Yeah. But, but it was Zach needs to show that he's going to put Joe Burrow in the best position to succeed, not only in 2020, but moving forward. And so five games in, if that's your goal, five games in, specifically off of yesterday, and I get it, it's a really, really good Baltimore team. Might be the most talented roster in the league, top to bottom. I think that he's failed, and he hasn't shown that, and he hasn't gotten the most out of Joe Burrow. And a lot of the times it's, all right, Joe, go go do you. Well, you know you know who else can do that if, if they're a head coach? Me, you, Tony, but, you know, or any Brian Kelly. It doesn't matter, right? We can all say, all right, Joe, go make the calls at the line of scrimmage. I need to see more. And so all of those free runners, those are on this coaching staff because that's, those are mental mistakes. So that, that's just like a penalty. So anytime there's a free runner to the quarterback, that isn't a physical mistake. That's a mental mistake on one of these players. And well, who do you blame at some point? Do you blame the coaching staff for if you have excessive penalties? You blame the coaching staff right. the players do. Well, that's that's where I'm going to blame it here. I'm tired of seeing free runners. You guys mentioned Drew Sample. If I have to watch Drew Sample try to block another defensive end, wow. then the entire coaching staff needs to be suspended for a week. I thought tight ends. That's just that's unfair. I thought tight ends were supposed to like chip and help the tackle, not be on that's a freaking island. Not be uh, honestly. The I almost tweeted out on the first the, the one sack because I I assumed the way it played out that it came on Bobby Hart's side. So I tweeted out. I started to tweet out. Bobby Hart, and I looked and went, wait a minute, they left Drew Sample on that island that time. That's yeah. insane to me. It is. It's a situation now. We talked last week about the blueprint for the Bengals to succeed. And I mentioned it earlier, 10 nothing. your defense is on the field for a long drive. You take 20 seconds off the clock. Yep. Like That, to me, is awareness of a head coach to say, you know what? No matter what happens, our defense needs a few minutes here. We need to figure out something here. And again... That that all goes back to Zach Taylor, well, and, and I know you. We gave the ball to Joe Mixon late, and I get that. I don't get, and I, I want to. I'm, I'm glad you brought that. I, honestly, that was criminal. Yes, that was absolutely criminal. It was almost like we're not going to get Joe Burrow killed, but yeah, the hell yeah, Joe Mixon it. here. You take it, you take get it. killed. At, at I mean, th- that poor guy busted his ass through the and fourth quarter. He continues quarter. to. Yes, at three seventeen and one, can you definitively say today what is this team's? Identity. Identity on offense. A mess. <laughs> I mean, you, you really have no way to construct it, right? We see flashes of it, and then we see yesterday. There's no identity. Play action, run heavy, uh, move the pocket, down the field. What are they? We still don't know. We don't. And it has been 21 games of Zach Taylor now. Yeah. No yeah. identity. Uh, let's go to defense where um, things are getting bad from an injury standpoint. DJ Reader's done for 
probably the year. If not, it's a good chunk of it. Um, we're really never going to see him and Geno Atkins play together. I mean, this is crazy. Nope. To me. Th- think about this. You you sign DJ Reader to play alongside Geno Atkins. Geno Atkins gets quote unquote hurt for the first few weeks and doesn't play. And as soon as he comes back, now DJ Reader's gone. You sign Trey Waynes to be an outside corner, Mackenzie Alexander to be your slot corner. They, you know, Waynes got hurt before the season. Then now uh, Alexander's hurt. Uh, Von Bell honestly has been very underwhelming to me, both in the run game he and boy, cover he was one-on-one. he was exposed brutally in coverage yesterday, and, and maybe now we know why the Bengals don't dive into free agency. James, they're either they're either mis misvaluing people or just they have the worst luck in the world. It, it it this will prove to them never dive in again, and that's the sad part of this. It better not be that because if that's the case, then this offensive line is going to look real bad again next year. Because they're they're going to have to dive into free agency, and the, the reality is, yeah, it, it hasn't worked. And the Trey Waynes was always a questionable deal, but the other ones weren't, right? Xavier Suofilo, even if he's a backup, and I know he's injured right now, but injuries happen. It, you know, Mackenzie Alexander, it's a one year deal. I I expect him back this week, so they better not take anything crazy from that. And I don't know what's going on or what they're giving these defensive tackles, but they've had the worst luck in the world no doubt. with defensive tackle injuries. And, you know, Mike Daniels on IR, uh, DJ Reader soon to be on IR. You have Josh Tupo opt out, Rennell Wren with the quad injury. It's just been a nightmare. R- Ryan, Ryan Glasgow not passing his physical to start right. the year. Yeah, Ryan, think about it. That's five different guys. Uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. It's been a revolving door, and they're going to have to find someone else. They're going to have to bring someone else in now with Reader's injury. It's devastating because you wanted to see – if Reader could kind of get the most out of Atkins yeah. over these next kind of final couple of years yep. of his big money contract, because this is probably the last big money no contract, question. you know, Atkins no, no doubt. Have. Yeah, no doubt. And so that was kind of why you did that. One, you really liked Reader and what he added, and, and he certainly has added a lot to the locker room. But two, you thought he could get the most out of Atkins and, and maximize value there as well. So he goes down. It's just a nightmare. It's just a nightmare, and I do agree with you. I'm worried that the Bengals are going to say, see, this is why we didn't do it in five years from now. Remember the, the uh, what, the spring of um, of 2020 when we went out and we spent, and, and guess what happened? It didn't work out. So that's why we, we build, we draft, we develop, and that can't be the case in today's NFL. Ten years ago, that could work. This year – and moving forward, aggressiveness wins in the NFL, and hopefully they don't let the results and these injuries get in the way of, I'm with you. of what they did this offseason. Because I still think it was a successful offseason. I wish they would have allocated some funds elsewhere, but I think it was still successful. Well, it's, it's very simple. If they decide not to be aggressive in free agency, then you can assume that number nine won't be here for a second contract. Because Joe Burrow's built different, and Joe Burrow wants to win. And if you run this offensive line out here this year and you don't address it in the offseason... I think they will. I, I think it, You have to. Yeah, I, I think, you unfortunately, have to you got to the point of you should have probably... Not even should have. You should have taken some of the money allocated yes. for these other guys and gone and gotten a, a right tackle. Right. But, if, if, but I, I also get that, listen, for whatever reason, they thought they could scheme around it. They thought Bobby could uh, play. And you're not going to fix every issue on a 2-14 and 14 team but in bad one luck, offseason. But bad luck aside, yes. you have to spend this offseason There's no question. To, to send a message. I don't want to draft the right tackle. Burrow. I want to go get a proven right Correct. tackle in this league, and that's going to cost Jack Conklin money. Yes. So I want to do both. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not opposed to that, but I'm I'm not going to roll the dice on another another high rookie draft pick. Of our evaluation process. Yeah. That, that, that's going to come in and play. I want somebody sure. that's shown me that they've done it in the league. But I'm yeah. I'm with you. I, yeah. I'm not just going to stop at that. I'm going to get an extra piece or two. Yeah. The the secondary. You pieces, guys don't trust Jim Turner to make the decision. No. I don't trust Duke Tobin to make the decisions. <laughs> right. <laughs> Speaking of which, I tweeted this out last night, and and I did it just because I was angry, and it just it, some of this stuff just makes me laugh at times. Since 2012. Here are the following Bengals first-round picks that didn't play a snap for them yesterday. 2012, Drake Kirkpatrick, Kevin Zeitler. 2013, Tyler Eifert. 2014, Darquez Denard. 2015, um, who was 2015? Oh, Cedric Abuehi. 2016 is playing. That's Will Jackson. 2017, John Ross. 2018, Billy Price. That's guys that probably should be in the prime of their careers and and contributing as first-round picks. seventh-round draft picks. And none of them are playing or here. That tells me you don't know what you are doing. Yeah, you have not got it right. And unfortunately, because of injuries, you don't get to really find out if what the offseason was was right anyway. I can say this. The the secondary moves, Waynes and Alexander – I'm glad they paid him. They I might have too. overpaid the player, but it, it, it sent a message that they're willing to spend money. And Von Bell. Von Bell, I'm good with. DJ Reader, I thought, was having a good year. DJ Reader's not going to come up in the stat sheet with a bunch of tackles. Yes, you wanted, you signed DJ Reader to go with to Geno Atkins to, to, to have two guys in the middle yes. that said, you're not which, coming here, which and means, we're also going to push the pocket from here. Which also means that the offensive line can't get an extra hat to the linebackers. Right, y- yes, Because right. they require two, so your linebackers run free. yes. Out of anything this offseason, we thought the, the D-line was a sure thing, right? We were we were questioning. So, so now you got Geno Atkins, who was a ghost yesterday, yeah. at first game back. Carlos Dunlap has been, been demoted. Sam Hubbard's got an elbow issue. And DJ Reader's probably done for the year. Yeah. Woo. But outside of the, the line, I walked away from yesterday happy. I thought the linebacking core held their own. I think they did, too. Jesse Bates is the highest-rated safety in football. Lamar Jackson and, and and let's let's preface this. Lamar Jackson wasn't healthy. No, they schemed to not have him run. Yes, he, period. End of story. I mean, he there was twice. five or six times where he was in the pocket that he would take off and yes. get a first down, and he didn't. That being said, the back seven did their job again. Mm-hmm. Out, outside of getting punched in the mouth early and then making adjustments, the one drive, the five for five on yeah. third downs. Mark they Andrews, Von Bell can't cover him. Drive. Yes, they played winning football for the third time this year. Now, one can argue that. One of those games was against Tyrod Taylor and the Chargers. One was against 30 injuries in the Eagles. The other was against Gardner Jacksonville. And a hobbled Lamar Jackson. And the one healthy team they played gashed them. But the defense has been better. And with the weapons coming in this year on offense, you thought if the defense could be middle of the pack, this team could have some success. And, man, it again, it, it's, it's almost like you're wasting – you talk about like in in basketball or, or baseball, like wasting a good pitching performance. That's what the Bengals are doing right now. They're wasting winning performances on defense, and they're one three and one to show for it. All right. Speaking of which, one three and one, they go to Indianapolis next. James, what what are your expectations for? I'm not going to ask about a win or a loss. What are your expectations for that? One, you, you, let's start with defense. Uh, Philip Rivers is going to gift you a couple. Yes, he is. So Jesse Bates, buckle up. Mackenzie Alexander, who I do expect to be back, we'll see. Buckle up. And, you know, maybe Darius Phillips can uh, show his ball skills off a little bit. He did have a good game yesterday. I thought he had a great game yesterday, yeah. Um, So, you know, I I think there's going to be some opportunities for some turnovers. Obviously, you're going to have to be able to stop the run. And if I'm the Colts, I run it right at Geno and run it right at the the middle of that defense and, and try it there. 
Um, on the flip side, I think this does come down to offense because, as you said, the defense has played well. It's, you know, defensive guru Zach Taylor really changing the culture um, <laughs> as he was hired to do on defense. Uh, so we'll see if this offense can pick up the slack. I, I think it's a, it's a winnable game. But I also think that the Baltimore Ravens just gave every team in the league a, all right, hey, blitz Burrow a lot, get complex with it, um, get up on these receivers, and, and really try to make them beat you over the top. And even if, you know, A.J.'s active or John Ross is activated and, you know, uh, plays a, a healthy dose of snaps, I think that's how teams are going to play. So, one, the Bengals need to find a way to figure out these free runners because, heck, if the Colts want to sign me and I can just free run at Joe Burrow, well, then I could put pressure on him, too. It was ridiculous. So if, if they can solve that, at least limit it a little bit, and, and then they're going to have to show the entire NFL they can throw down the field because they haven't, and it's yeah. been five weeks, and the next 11 games are going to be really, really long games if they don't show the rest of the league that they can do those two things on offense. It's a good defense from Indy. The, the offense mm-hmm. will be tested. Um, Jonathan Taylor's probably going to get 30 touches in this game. And there's going to be pressure on Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers gave away nine points late in that game last night. There are talks about, is he the guy? Can he perform still? Phillip Rivers will come out with something to prove. You better match the intensity early or you're going to be looking at another loss. And they've been great at home. The two yes. games, they, they rolled the Vikings and somebody else. Somebody they're, else bad, but they, they, they're they've great at killed home. two teams at home. They can control the ball with their run game, and they're a good defensive team. They're not going to beat themselves. Uh, you have to find a way to go into Indy and get that win. And if not, Skinny, I honestly feel like the the locker room starts to split. I, I think if you go winless over the next three, the, the, lock, cracks, the, the locker room really starts to the split. Cracks the, are there. Yeah. the cracks are there. Yeah. And if you can't get it right with, with what's going on with the veterans on this team, you're going to be in for a, uh, for a long night. And, again, look, look what Baltimore, not at 100%, Lamar Murray – was not at 100%. Murray! I don't, and then he, I don't know why I keep calling him Murray. <laughs> and then he calls him Murray yeah. again two more times. Um, look at the, the, the AFC North skinny has 12-2. and two Yep. Outside of the Bengals. Oh, the, the three playoff teams if you got the playoffs were today. You got the Steelers twice, and you got to play Cleveland and Baltimore again. Yeah. And probably a healthy Lamar Jackson yeah. again. Good luck winning any of those right now. You better get wins when you have chances. Thank God there's a couple of games still with the NFC East. Yeah, I just... Uh, one of those, though, is Andy Dalton coming into town. How, how 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 strange is that going to be if he comes into town riding first-place Dallas into Cincinnati comes away with a win? Is James? there any doubt that he throws for 320 and four touchdowns? I, it, it just feels like the symmetry's perfect for him. Yeah. It won't be a primetime game, so he'll be a, it'll be the 1 o'clock special. It'll be all good for him. Um, he, he I will say, you talk about a guy that's got some weapons around him. Um, I, he's going to lead them to the playoffs. Now, whether it leads him to his first playoff win is obviously very oh. much in doubt. Out, but uh, he's going to lead the playoffs, James. Yeah. I think he has a shot to, for sure. Uh, I think it's honestly, I think Andy chokes if he comes here to, to PBS and they're in first wow. place. And, no, I, I, I come on. I, there's no way. I, I don't. I don't see that. I think it's the other way. I think he throws a buck fifty. Zeke gets the ball a lot, and uh, and Joe Burrow outduels him. You know that that Dallas defense. You want to talk about defense? Oh, that Dallas brutal. defense is awful. Awful. So, Awful. So that, that could be a fun one. Um, but, yeah. I, I'll give you the Bengals now on the points. <laughs> really? Yeah, absolutely. This is this is the Cincinnati sports curse. I'll, Dalton comes back. I'll, and they, s- I'll set the line right now at four and a half. Oh, I'll take the Cowboys at 14 and a half. No way. Write that down. James, James, write that down. 14 and a half. 
Fourteen and a half. Yep. It's unbelievable. Yep. It is the you most. It's, a, it's the most Cincinnati there's a way. Reason I called him. There's a reason I called him Blandy Dalton. Okay. He remembers. Have a little self-esteem, Tony. He'll remember Have a little that. Self-esteem. He'll come remember in a couple weeks ago. He'll point up the press box ago, at you. A couple weeks ago, when the Browns cut Austin Cyber, and literally everyone in Cleveland was like, "Oh my God, Cyber's going to kick the game winner against us on Thursday night football," and he wasn't even active. That's he, how you sound, Tony. He didn't need oh to because because they ran for six hundred yards. Andy Dalton's going to beat us. No, I ain't scared of it. Andy Blandy. Andy Schmandy. With Zeke. And nine, that, of 11, and 9 of 11 for 111 with the game on the line yesterday. With Zeke. and They have Fumble. some talented receivers, too. C.D. Lamb, Gallup, Cooper. He, he had an eight-point lead, and he blew that lead. Let's let's not forget that. He let him down for the game-winning they field won. goal. He, he did, and he, he dropped a couple dimes. They I won. think Jesse Bates picks one of those off. Okay, we will see. James, we appreciate it. Uh, we will talk again next week and uh, enjoy uh, another fine week of coverage. I'll see you on Zoom. Sounds good, Bye, guys. James. I think it's going to happen. John Ross action. We can all celebrate. <laughs> please please text us. We, we, I want to yeah. see Tony's next reaction yeah. to that, by the way. Oh, uh, he's scoring this week. <laughs> Oh, there it is. I don't All need right. to text it. Hot Rolling. take James. That's it. it. That's it. it. The hot take of the day. It's time to get to our first. Break. All right. When we take a break, when we come back from our break, we're going to talk some college football. Uh, UC with a big game. I would have never believed that would say a big game with Tulsa. Wowza. Yeah. And probably one of the worst calls ever that cost the team a football game. We'll talk about that and much more as we continue. It's the Angry Quarterback Season 5, Episode 7 from ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. Getting answers, finding solutions. Local 12 News investigates. As soon as we called you, everything happened very quickly. Not afraid to ask the tough questions. Taking action, getting the truth. Local 12 News investigates. Budget Door of Cincinnati has you covered. We specialize in repair and installation of commercial doors, security gates, and dock levelers. With affordable rates, 24-hour commercial service, and free replacement quotes, Budget Door can help you with any of your dock or door projects. Have an issue with your home garage door or opener? Budget Door can help with that, too. Servicing the tri-state area for over 30 years, Budget Door offers quality service at a budget price. Call 513-851-6644 to schedule your door repair or replacement today. Welcome back into the Angry Quarterback Season 5, Episode 7. I'm Richard Skinner from Local 12 and Local12.com. Tony Pike, the real quarterback, stays with me in studio. Our thought, our, uh, thanks to James Rapine, who will be back in studio with us next week, but uh, not here today, but got a chance to spend a good segment talking Bengals and, and some NFL with him. Let's go to some college football, where on Saturday, the University of Cincinnati is going to play. The eighth-ranked. The eighth-ranked University, University of Cincinnati, Cincinnati Bearcats. First time since 2009. Do you know anybody from that team? Nope. Okay. Just was wondering. First time since 2009, the Bearcats have been in the top 10. But this is a tough task. Tulsa's really good defensively. This is a, uh, this is a lot tougher than what we thought going into the year, right? You kind of circled Memphis. You circled UCF. Well, don't look now. SMU knocked Memphis off. And this Tulsa team, take away them going on the road and beating UCF. They went to Oklahoma State week one, who puts up 80 points. On everybody. Like a game. And held a Heisman candidate to I think fifty some yards yeah, at halftime. Hubbard, yeah, that was a sixteen to seven win for Oklahoma State, and, and it was a late field goal that yes. made it the sixteen to seven. They pushed it ahead to yeah. make it a two score game. It was a one score so, game for the longest time. So that defensive performance, and then the points they put up against Tulsa or uh, UCF, and held UCF to twenty six. Yes. I, I don't think that's a small feat either. That, yes. That's pretty this good. Is, this is UC's road test. First time traveling with everything. Um, they're going on the road to a team that 
obviously is riding high and playing well, thinking that they can beat anybody, feels like one of those games where you, you're going to need Des Ritter. Yeah, and we've talked about that issue, and um, I know I've been told this, you've been told the, the, the struggles of Ben Bryant in practice. Yeah. I have not gotten an update on how the last week or so went. They had a bye week, obviously, maybe a chance to start working some more with Ben. I, I do think they missed their window of opportunity to get him some snaps yeah, against teams. It's tough to just throw him in yet. there now. I don't think you can do it now because you're facing teams that, that uh, you've got to be all out out to win. question I guess would be, Tony, is is how short is the is the leash, is the hook on, on Des Ritter on Saturday? Look, I, I think it was very telling. Um, I do a... a a show on Fox Sports Ohio with Dan Hoare, mm-hmm. Bearcats Insider, and he interviewed Luke Fickle. And Luke Fickle, instead of putting the pressure on Desmond Ritter, kind of went at Mike Denbrock I know a he little did. bit. I know. And while I get sticking up for your players, I don't think scheme-wise is what's struggling. Des Ritter is missing open receivers down the field. Yes. He's missing third-down throws. He doesn't look comfortable in the pocket. Now, you could say that coordinator needs to do a better job of getting him comfortable early in the game, but the throws he's missing are to open receivers. They're, they're not tight window that means throws. scheme-wise. You're scheming guys be, open. Yes. They have a good enough running game that requires attention down at the line of scrimmage. They should have open receivers all over the field. And here's my my level of concern. When Luke Fickle chose to go all in with Des Ritter over this bye week and put more pressure on Mike Denbrock, kind of tells me that that he's riding with Des Ritter outside of maybe an injury. Um, but we, we've said this now for, what, three weeks on this show? There's going to be a game where Des Ritter has to throw for 300 yards. Yes. I don't, know if it's, I don't know if it's this week. I don't know if it's next week. I don't know if it's late in the season. But if this team has the aspirations of this making feels like, that top This feels four, like a nail-biting 16-13 to 13 win, right? Yes, because, <laughs> because you see checks every other box right, you want. Their right. defense is not good. It's elite. Yep. The special teams with James Smith, they get a, a kickoff return uh, against South Florida. Their special teams is elite. They have a good, solid running game. Good enough, sure. Yes. They're, they're a, a great quarterback play away from being a team that can really make a run at this. That's a frustrating thing because it feels like whether it's Ben Bryant, Prater, Dez, someone on the roster should be that guy. They have too much talent at the quarterback position on this roster Someone should be able to step in and, and figure this out. UC is a four-point favorite. Would you lay it, or, or would you be the kind that says, I'm not touching that game with a 10-foot pole because I don't know? At this point, just based on Marcus Freeman's defense alone, coming off a bye and having extra time, you think you'd, you'd lay I it? would lay it. Because, I, again, I, c- I could very well see Tulsa scoring 10 points in this game. And, yeah, no. And, and, like I said, know. it feels like a 16-13 yeah. nail-biter, yep. which actually doesn't cover 17, the number. 17-10. <laughs> okay. just, so, just so the number works out for you. Um, Kentucky on Saturday with a 24-2 win over Mississippi State. Uh, Mississippi State became, if I saw the stat right, the first team in college football history to complete 45 passes in a game and not score a single offensive point. They were 45 of 70 for the staggering total of, and this this amazes me, 45 of 70 for 275 yards. That's barely over three yards per attempt, and that's that's roughly six yards per completion. Kentucky, they rushed three all night, dropped eight. I kept thinking at some point yeah. they're going to adjust to this. Kentucky's three didn't get home, but they put enough pressure to where the quarterback couldn't sit back there and scan the field for hours. They wind up with six interceptions. Um, the frustrating part for me is watching that performance where the offense didn't do much and 
what happened in the old Miss game, what happened. I look and go, this team should be three and zero. It's yeah. not. It's one and two. And the unfortunate part for Kentucky, which I think should be three and zero, is one and two. Here's what comes up next for them: next three at Tennessee, mm. which for a half looked every bit as yeah. good as Georgia. Yep. Then Georgia. <laughs> Okay. And then at Missouri, which I thought, oh, that's a 50-50 yeah, winnable game. No, Just beat, the, beat, beat LSU. Then they do have Vanderbilt, which is clearly the, – the, it's funny. I think every team in the SEC I can make a case-by-case case for of winning, Arkansas yeah. being one of them too, except for Vandy. And then they still have at the end of the year, oh, at Alabama, at Florida. Yeah, good luck. I mean, that's a, that's a gauntlet. Yeah, it's um... – I, I, first, I'm glad to see Kentucky get it get a win after some tough losses based on their own doing and yes. some officiating. Um, but man, it's it's the gauntlet, it's the SEC, um, and it's that. I mean, how about this week? You got Alabama, Georgia. Yeah, it's that <laughs> downfall of no out of conference scheduling right. for the SEC is rearing its ugly head. Is there anything more confusing than Mike Leach? He's a bird. He Did is. You a see bird. that like the presser where he just played like the horn? Yes. I'm like, well, how about his one? His one from Sunday where he just said, "I'm going to get rid of the malcontents." Yeah, well, I mean, maybe you created some of that, Chief. Such a strange. He dude. is a bird. He is a strange, strange. I, I bird. Cannot figure him out. Yes. Speaking of Arkansas, arguably one of the worst calls I think I've ever seen. And if you didn't see it, here's the yeah. scenario: Arkansas leading Auburn 28-27 late. Auburn's driving for a potential game-winning field goal. I, I'll be honest; I didn't know this part of the rule. I'm sure you did as a quarterback. I'm guessing you did, but. What happened was Patrick Nix, the Auburn quarterback, took a snap from center, was going to spike it, dropped the ball, and I didn't realize at that point, if you do spike it, it's intentional grounding. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I, that part I didn't know. But not only did he do that and spike it, he spiked it backwards, yes. which no matter how the thing played out, that it's is a, technically called what? It's a fumble. It's a fumble. Yes. That's why when you run bubbles, you have to put it in front of the receiver. At least you try to, and occasionally yes. when you don't, and it's somebody's a alert, it's a Fumble. Unbelievable. How did Such a, the thing is? I may be able to give you that in real time that, no, that they missed not when it. You look at it, but not when you look at it, and it's not even a debate whether he turned and threw that right. ball backwards. Right. It's unbelievable. Um, the college football week itself is Tom Herman done? I think he's darn close. I mean, I, I think he's darn close because listen, they 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 can't get out of their own way either, and there's just. There's just too yeah. much talent for Texas to continue to do this kind of stuff. I'll be honest. I was starting to doubt Lincoln Riley, and I think I still yeah. am a little bit because their defense had a oh, chance to man. close that game out numerous times. Um, I know on my pick sheet, Oklahoma was two and a half. My buddy called me at 347. He goes, can't blow this one, can they? go, oh, yeah, they can. And that's about the time they threw a stupid pass instead of running the football yeah. to stop the clock. Texas comes up, back. It was a hell of a game. I, I mean, especially when it did the four. Did you? Okay. And I took Oklahoma, so I needed wow, all you need four the, overtime you need and the, overt- the two-point conversion. <laughs> like it played out just how it had yeah. to. But look, I look at this college football week, and I and, and the reason I mentioned UC is because they are so good defensively. Look at the top twenty-five scores this week. Look, 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 let's start with let's start with Georgia. Or let's right, start with Alabama. Right, fifty-six or sixty-three forty-eight. Uh, Notre Dame gives up 26 to Florida State. Shout they out to also, Michael Mayer, though. Caught a touchdown pass. Shout out to Mike Mayer. Shout out to Brian Kelly for not being able to score in the on, fourth quarter. On first and goal on the at the last drive when it would have hit the, uh, the oh, point the spread. spread. 21. Appreciate that. Yep, me too. Um, let, let's go down these other one. A&M, Florida, 41-38. North Carolina, Virginia Tech, 56-45. Missouri puts up 45 on LSU. Um, 44-21, I, I, Tennessee, Georgia. 31-15, Iowa State. Auburn gives up 28. Um, the one common denominator in this, Clemson, 42-17. They Clemson shows that they are still dominant. Yes. They, to me, are clear-cut number one. 
I'll, I'll be interested to see what Ohio State does. I am too. And yes. then I think Bama is still there, even though they have questions defensively. That four spot to me is way up is for a grabs. complete crap shoot. Way right up for now. grabs. I mean, I don't think North Carolina, I don't think a second ACC can do it, right? But they eyeball test wise offensively, damn, they're good. Yeah. I mean, I know Virginia Tech was missing a bunch of guys. They had guys out with COVID, and they I think their whole secondary got hurt in that game. Um, but but they were impressive. The one thing, Tony, you watch a lot of college football. I know sometimes on, on UC game days you can't watch probably as much as you'd like. Um, and for me, I've been broadcasting games on Saturdays. This was the first Saturday I got a chance to really watch yeah. games from, from, from noon to, to midnight. And I guess I shouldn't be surprised by this because of lack of spring practice and probably lack of physicality in a lot of practice. The tackling in college football this year Terrible. is atrocious. Terrible right now. And I'm, it has to, it has to I'm be. watching five yard runs where a safety comes downhill in the hole to make a tackle, and guys just run right through it and turn five into seventy. That's why you're seeing fifty six forty fives and sixty three forty eights. And it's so weird because for teams now that are getting ready to start, like the Big Ten, you have zero room for error. Right. With with this right. college football season and the NCAA choosing not to look at the expanded eight team playoff, you have no choice but to play. And and win early. You you can't afford a loss this year because there's going to be too many teams, based on scheduling and and things of that nature, that are going to be up there. Like Clemson, Notre Dame. If Clemson beats Notre Dame, Notre Dame's out of it. Right. Right. Look at the SEC with with how they're giving up points. Big Twelve is out of it already. Correct. There's going to be a chance. Yeah, Oklahoma State's the only one that has a chance to run the table. Right. But I don't a I don't see them doing it. And B even then I still have to go. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, you struggle with Tulsa. Yep. There's a chance. I mean, yeah. I, I, if, if there's they, a chance. That's, that's where there's a little comparison there if you want to put UC up against Oklahoma and if, State, and, right? And to that point, if you're UC, you would be well benefited from a 21-point win or something this yes. week. Yes, yeah. Because they haven't done it with style yet. That's exactly. And, and I know it doesn't of, matter yet. It's going to matter. But as it gets closer, you better start winning with style. Yeah, if the Big Ten had stayed out of this, then I think an, uh, uh, an undefeated UC clearly has a seat at the table, but with the Big Ten coming back, it, it obviously is going to take at least one spot, and who knows, it might take two spots when all is said and done. Correct. There are some pretty good matchups this week, and especially again in the SEC. How about desperate LSU, 1-2, and two, going to just coming off a bad loss, Florida. Yep. That's the afternoon game. Elimination. I, I mentioned Georgia-Alabama that night, and I think a sneaky good game on Friday night, and maybe I'm going to be wrong, maybe I'm over overlooking at what they did last week, because Tulane is not all that great. But BYU at Houston is a sneaky good game on Friday yeah. night. BYU is a really good team. Struggled a little bit this past yeah. week. I think they won 27 21. Yeah, that's it was 34. It was. I know it's huge. You're welcome. But, but they did. They covered the money line if you want to take yeah. the minus 20,000 yeah. money line. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what to make of Houston. They, they played awful for a chunk of the two lane game. We're down 24 7 and then roared back. They yeah. turned it over five times and still won 49 31. The Mad Hatter, Dana Holgerson. The new Mad Hatter. He there. looks like a mess. He's probably half drunk still. But uh, Stop going that, with the visor. Yeah, that's not a good look when, when your hair's that When your lettuce mess. looks like that, or, give dude, up the visor. Dude, or just trim the hair down just a yeah. little bit, right? Yeah. That's not that hard. All right, we got one more segment. We're going to talk a little bit of high school Houston, football. Houston, fresh off red shirt and all those players last year. <laughs> well, that and they, they, it was their first game of the year. They had yeah. their first four canceled for COVID. We'll talk some high school football playoff action when we continue. It's the Angry Quarterback Season 5, Episode 7 from ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. Get the skinny on Cincinnati sports with Richard Skinner only on Local12.com on the Local12 News app. Exclusive content, in-depth analysis, podcasts, and more. Cincinnati sports news 24-7. Get the skinny only on Local12.com on the Local12 News app. Romaldo has been helping men, and now women, 
looked their best for over 50 years. Established in 1968 by Master Taylor Romualdo in the quaint community of Madeira, Ohio, Romualdo has become a Cincinnati staple for authentic menswear, bespoke garments, and old world tailoring. Gathering national recognition while staying true to their goal of delivering exceptional products with unparalleled service, Romualdo is truly a destination for any style-minded individual. Located at 7121 Miami Avenue in the heart of Madeira, Romualdo is more than just a suit shop. Stop in for anything from denim and t-shirts to sport coats, sweaters, grooming products, and much more. As we approach the holidays, Romualdo is your one-stop shop for the best gifts for the men and women in your life. Centrally located just 15 minutes from downtown, 10 minutes from Hyde Park, and a quick jaunt from Mason, Romualdo suited for the everyday man. 7121 Miami Avenue in Madeira. Welcome back into our final segment of the Angry Quarterbacks Podcast, Season 5, Episode 7. Richard Skinner from Local 12, Local12.com. The real quarterback, Tony Pike from Reading High School, UC, Carolina Panthers fame. James Rapine joined us in Segment 1 to talk some uh, Bengals in the NFL. He'll be back in studio with us next week as we do eminent live, maybe not as you're listening to this, but as we're broadcasting this, from the Zach Taylor Shouldn't Be a Play Caller Anymore studio, powered by Doug Rossfield. Oh. Um, how about that? <laughs> um all right, let's look at some high school football playoff action. In Kentucky, they're not in the playoffs yet, still in the regular season, but they are into some district play there. Big game this week, Covington Catholic playing Highlands. Highlands coming off back-to-back shutouts. That should be extraordinarily interesting because I broadcast the Highlands game against Connor and came away very impressed. They came in one and two, have had some down years the last few years, yeah. but you know, back-to-back shutouts over Connor and a very overmatched Boone County team. Great litmus test, though, I think, for, for Highlands to see are you are you back, or is Cuffcast still yeah. clearly the team to beat? Cuffcast has shown some chinks in the armor at times this year. A little bit. So I, I, I think this is this is this is. Can we get back to that level, or are we close to getting back to that level yet? Yeah, I mean, last two weeks defensively, they sure as heck have been. Last week for regular season action in Indiana, East Central plays at Ron Colley, two ranked teams there, and we talked on the uh, on the on the show that we do on Saturday, the Greater Cincinnati Scoreboard Recap Show with. Uh, with uh, Jake Miners, the head coach of East Central, a couple weeks ago, and he talked about having that that matchup and yeah. having Moeller on the schedule, having Bishop Chatard, which beat them on the schedule, playing Run Colley at the end to make sure that listen, we're going to face a lot of different styles and talents and abilities yeah. going into the playoffs. Yeah, and it, it's very similar to, to other schools from Kentucky and, and Indiana. Lawrenceburg does that early yep. with East Central, with East Central, right? And Beachwood does it. Yeah, and they they do it very well. And now you get to this point of the year, and guess what? You're pretty tested to this point. Yeah, Be- Beach- Beachwood's two losses are to Dixie Heights, which yeah. just had a nice win over Simon Kenton, yep. and and two points to Covcath. They just right. got in their district and rolled by five touchdowns. Yep, Lawrenceburg loses to East Central early in the year, and now both those teams playing teams that they're going to see later on, and they're rolling along, and also doing so with great quarterback play. Uh, How about that? Who, who's their guru? Uh, well, T-Pike 15 or 16, 15. underscore? Fifteen. I, I I'm scared to use the word guru anymore. Why? Everyone gets that term. Okay. Well, Zach Taylor was. How about a guru. icon? Uh, what do you want? I, I call you the quarterback whisperer. Spectacle. I like that. Yeah, whisperer. Yeah, I like fine. the quarterback whisperer. whisperer Tony Pike, quarterback whisperer. Tell people where they can find you. Tony underscore Pike fifteen or Anthony Pike sixteen at Gmail. Yeah, that doesn't confuse anybody. No. Just just find it. Just Google this is his now name a somewhere. podcast, so you can rewind what I just said. Let's say it one more time slowly. Anthony Pike sixteen at Gmail Okay. That's easy. That's easy. That part's easy. All right. In Ohio, first round of the playoffs winner underway last week. Some teams did have buys, especially in in below divisions division one. Excuse me. Let's just roll through a couple of the uh, the, the divisions. I'm not going to go through all of them, but and, and, division and, one is interesting. To and me. before the, the score, sitting around Friday night, if you if you turn on like Spectrum, you could have saw Huber Heights and Centerville. Mm-hmm. 
Um, very lucky. Turn on WatchHSSports.tv. Yeah. You could have watched me do Moeller and Hamilton. Very lucky at this area that there's just really good football on Friday night. No question. Like, you can argue that it's more entertaining to watch Friday night football than some Sundays. It can be. In Cincinnati. Yeah, it can and be. And that's a tribute to the, the teams and the coaches and obviously the talent that is in this area. No doubt. Uh, Division One though, going to be interesting. you got Lakota East at Lakota West. Probably West, clearly, I think, the yeah. better team. But it's still a rivalry game. East coming off a 300-yard rushing night. They've they've got a win over Princeton, the only loss that Princeton's had all year. And maybe play with a little house money because you're not supposed to win this game. But uh, uh, still, I mean, West is, we think, the team in that bracket to beat. West is, this, is the team now that they haven't been here in a while, right? So if you want to make things interesting, start quick. Get up on them early. Let them press a little bit. And, uh, and you never know what happens. But if, if West can get points early and rely on that defense, which is so good, what Tom Bolden has done, they're going to be a tough team to beat. And uh, I think it's going to be – let's just say I think it's going to be interesting as this unfolds when uh, when West and perhaps St. X meet on this collision course. I think course. they probably will be on that collision course. The other game in that bracket has number five, Corrine, at number four, Mason. In the bottom bracket, number seven, Elder, which survived a scare from Fairfield, will play at number two, Princeton. That has a chance to be a complete shootout somewhere in the 40s. What a night. 188 right. yards rushing, had, what, 12 receptions for another 160 yep. yards, and actually completed a pass as well. Yes, they were down 11. Down 39-28, came back and won 42-39. Survived the scare. Moeller with the, I guess, the upset. I didn't think it was going to be. I I, I thought they were extraordinarily battle-tested, the schedule they played. I mean, think about it. They played Bishop Hartley. Hasn't lost since. They're a number two seed in Division Three, Region 12. Um Played the East Central team, whose only loss we talked about, the Bishop Chittard. It was 7-6 game in the fourth quarter, lost 21-6. Trinity is putting up 45 points on everybody. They're rolling. And then the three GCL South games. One score game at the half with Elder. One score game at the half with St. X. Had LaSalle down until LaSalle kicked the winning field goal late. They... They have trended in the right direction under Mark Elder in his first year, and uh, a big win for them. Uh, the, the, the reward is, unfortunately, St. X, yeah. but I think that's the nice reward is you got in the playoffs because everybody got in and you took advantage of it and won the game. Really cool um, for them that they're able to start seeing some of the fruits of the labor, right? Yes. And, and to get that playoff win. What's interesting and you mentioned St. X. St. X, Ryan Nolan started. Okay. And, and was, I, 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 for those that don't know, so Ryan Nolan is technically their backup. Yes. He started two weeks ago against a molar because mm-hmm. of an injury and was, what was he, 20 of... Anyway. Didn't have an incompletion in the first half. Okay. He started that week and was extraordinarily good. They went yes. back to the starter, Brogan Mackay, last week at St. Ives. He th- or two weeks ago. He yeah. throws for 550. Yep. They have 700 yards. This past week, it's 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 Nolan. Ryan Nolan again. The two games that Ryan Nolan, the backup, has started combined against Moeller Walnut and Hills. first round of the playoffs. Granted, it was Walnut Hills. Mm-hmm. 32 of 36. Yes. And he's not the starter. Yeah. Because the starter threw for 550. Yes. And so for Moeller now, you get um, uh, Brogan Mackay back. Right. Um, Did they sit him just to sit him? Do you know? I mean, well, I know he missed he missed previously in the year due to injury. Okay. with his ankle. Right, came back against St. Eyes, and I think with the matchup they knew going into the playoffs, probably put just, him in the bullpen. And let's, let's, need, yeah. yeah, let's if emergency, yes, but let's try to get him as healthy as possible for a playoff run. I mean, that Brogan Brogan's been unbelievable. He has such an understanding of the offense. And and for Ryan Nolan to start the season at corner and, and to stick with it. <laughs> Didn't your two starts go 32 right. of 30? I don't think I could go 32 of 36 on air. Those both of those both of those quarterbacks would start anywhere else. 
And they're, he, they're both on the same roster. And you could make a claim that the second string, Max Clare, well, he's technically the who third. was playing he's tight end. He's technically the third string, right? Well, third string now, but started the season yes. second oh, string. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. Got hurt playing tight That's end right, and missed yeah. the season. Yeah. So they have three guys that would start anywhere else around the league. And, and for the most part, it's going to be a tough task for, uh, for Moeller. But they're getting much better quarterback play after making a move late in the season. Yep. And then the winner of that would play the winner of Elder, Elder Princeton. Princeton. Yeah, so that bracket's a bear. The, the gauntlet uh, continues. And, um, again, I, we're, we're just lucky that we have really good football to watch around the area. Yep. Uh, you can check out all the schedules if you want at local12.com. I've got the entire second round of the, of the high school football playoff schedule up there for you. Some games this week on WatchHSSports.tv we'll have from ESP Media. Moeller at St. X, Elder at Princeton, and Taylor at Wyoming. Taylor got a first-round win, and oh yeah, there's your reward. You get to play yeah. Wyoming, yep. the team from your league. And Wyoming Indian Hill Collision Course. Yes, there's yeah. no question about that. Alright, don't forget, you can catch us on the Greater Cincinnati High School Football Scoreboard Recap Show each and every Saturday. We drop that podcast we usually record it between 10 and 11 and drop it very soon thereafter and that gets you your high school football fix any final thoughts on today tony pike uh must win for the Bengals this week are we doing that i don't think must win i'm not i thought the jacksonville was must win because of where this could snowball to i I think it's it's a must play well because i think you are trending towards let's say if you you limp to the bye week at one six and one not playing well I hate to go to this point, but I think you better seriously consider coaching change. What if it's point. seventeen to seven and they lose to Indy? And AJ Green doesn't play or plays two snaps. Play. John Ross does play for Joe, James and drops a pass. Joe Burrow's sacked five or six times. Mm. I don't want to see that. Look, here, here's here, here's here's my last thought. You invested in Joe Burrow, right? To yep, be your future. You sure did. Better invest every asset you have to protect him. Yep. And unfortunately, sometimes that's just not the assets that are on the field. It's an asset that's calling the plays and putting them in those situations. So if it's about protecting Joe Burrow and whatever future this franchise has, then you start to think about it more and more. Right, lastly, when A.J. Green formulates what he's going to tell us, he said to the to, to the coach on the bench, what do you think comes out of his mouth? Man. What what can rhyme with Trey? What, what can... What can Trace me, trace, trace, fade me, fade me, throw me, fade, fade, fade Fade me. me. That's it. Fade me. That's it. Thank you. One on one, fade me. Fade me. me. That's what he. And that's what he said. Instead of, if you're not gonna, fade me. Look, think about fade me. Yeah, I like that, Tony. Can't wait to hear what his answer is. If we get one. Yeah, come on. You think you're going to get one? No, probably not. Uh, AJ Green's not available this yeah, week. Yeah, that's probably a good point. All right, our thanks to James Rapine from SI.com. For Tony Pike, I'm Richard Skinner. This has been the Angry Quarterbacks Podcast from ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. And your high school friends if you ain't not, and I don't know what you're thinking. Thank Jesus, I'm Cincinnati Pimp. C I N C I N M A T I P I M P I N.